everyone and welcome back. I am the Bull and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, wellness, and dare I say other topics. Uh, I have to start by apologizing. I got really sick last week and I had to take some time to take care of me, but I am back. And one of my friends who listens to my podcast recommended that I tell you a little bit about myself so you get to know me a little better and where I am coming from in my recordings. So I am in the Air Force, active duty. I've been in for almost 18 years. When I first joined, I was an engine mechanic. I was a maintainer working on the flight line. I was an A-10 engine mechanic. Uh, And I did that through most of, well, I did that through my first enlistment. Uh, I then voluntarily retrained and went into the mental health career field. When I graduated tech school, I worked in an outpatient clinic for a couple of years, and then I became an instructor for tech school. So I ended up working with the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, uh, the very first Coast Guardsman mental health tech, and I did that for four years. I then went back working in the clinic and spent most of my time there as a flight chief ended up working as a squadron superintendent for about a year. Uh, and then due to manning constraints and mission demands, um, I ended up going back into the flight as a flight chief. I didn't get in trouble, uh, but just our manning was really rough and I needed to go back down to the flight to make sure that the flight was taken care of. Um, and recently I took over a special duty as a readiness NCO. So I spend a majority of my time uh, working with people that are deploying, Uh, making sure they're good to go for their deployment, taking care of their family while they're deployed, and helping them set up with resources when they get back from deployment, as well as doing things like uh, I'm a resiliency trainer and a couple of other programs. So if you have any questions or if there's something you want to know more about, please feel free to ask. On a personal side, I've been married for the better part of a decade. Uh, No kids, two dogs. My one husky is about 11 years old. Her name is Little Miss. And we also have a German Shepherd mutt. Uh, I'm not sure what he's mixed with, but his name is Renji. And my wife picked him up during my last deployment. I was deployed to Saudi Arabia uh, during COVID. So that was fun. So yeah, if you've got any questions, please feel free to, to drop me a question on Twitter at C underscore the underscore bull underscore ski. Uh, And now on to today's topic, and I've got something fun to talk about today. If you're listening to my, or if you listen to my last session, um, I shared my thoughts on followership, and about two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago, a memo came out, and I was going to talk about it last week, but I was sick, sorry, and interestingly enough, being sick allowed more time to go by for me to watch, listen, and think about what I wanted to talk about. And now I feel a bit more prepared. So it ended up working out in my favor. Um, I want to tell you all a story. Back in 2019, the Air Force initiated a Resiliency Tactical Pause, or RTP. Uh, this came about because the Air Force was hitting you know, some pretty tough areas with things like burnout, suicide, uh, consistent complaints from exit interviews and DOX. And the DOX, if you've never heard of it, is the Defense Equal Opportunity Climate Survey. It, it, it was definitely needed. Like There were some major concerns and our senior most leadership was aware of it. And so they, they held a down day where everything stopped across the board. And we had a down day to talk about issues and concerns. And I was asked to be a facilitator for the RTP. Um, I spent about three hours speaking with whoever showed up. And during my sessions, you're... 
I pretty much talked to them whatever the community wanted to talk about. You know, nothing was off limits. Um, I gave them the, you know, those that had questions or concerns or thoughts and feelings. You know, I, I try to give my best, most honest answers while being professional and respectful. And did I have all the answers? No, not at all. But I did and I do have perspectives, ideas, feedback, and I tried to face their concerns as best I could. Um, now, there was various feedback afterwards, but regardless, it was good to hear that our topmost leadership was aware of concerns and they were interested in trying to find solutions. It wasn't perfect, but nothing ever is. And it takes time for any kind of change to occur, especially systemic changes, which, which is what the RTP was targeted at, it, in my opinion. Now, the RTP was supposed to be integrated into our cultural norm and be a continuous thing. And for various reasons, one of which being COVID, sadly, the RTP did not get quite the foothold that it was intended to, but it was a start. And the reason I bring up the RTP is because about two weeks ago, our Chief of Staff General Brown and Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, Chief Bass, distributed a memo about something called Airman's Time. In the memo, it reflects on lessons learned from the RTP and the, quote, need for crucial conversations within our formations, end quote. The memo states that command teams own the culture and climate in their organizations, and it is best shaped through engagement. The intent of Airman's Time is to create a safe space, be present, and ensure that our Air Force culture invites healthy conversation for every airman, anytime, anywhere. I personally could not agree more with this memo. You know, if you've listened to my other recordings, you should have an idea of how much my own ideals align with what our senior most leadership is saying. This memo is a call to action to address problems plaguing our force. And it even states that, quote, airman's time is a way of life, not a program. Care cannot be outsourced, end quote. Right there, to me, the memo is saying that we need to intentionally address concerns in our people. And to me implies that we need to ensure we're balancing priorities between mission accomplishment and care for our people. Not only professional care, but personal care. You know, make sure that we're taking care of our people professionally and developing them, but also taking care of the concerns and issues they have going on in their life so that they can operate at their most effective. You know, this is not a program. I want to quote the very last paragraph because it ends with an important message. Quote, what connects airmen to our Air Force is how we treat each other and the experiences we share while taking on extraordinary things together. Success will be measured when the concept of airman's time becomes a part of what we do at the foundational level and a natural aspect of our Air Force way of life. Let's make every second count one team, end quote. Again, it's, it's not a program, but rather a call for adapting to our circumstances, being flexible in our execution of mission ops to include the wellness of our people. If you haven't read the memo and are in the Air Force, I strongly recommend you go read it. Here we have in writing a call for prioritizing our people. Are we not supposed to make our senior leaders' visions a, a reality? Are we not supposed to follow guidance given to us and execute it to the best of our ability? The answer is yes. You know, our people are an absolute priority, and that includes deliberately developing them as effective, efficient members of our team, as future leaders, but also ensuring they're being taken care of so that they can perform at their best each and every day. 
I personally hope people are getting ahead of the curve and already acting on this memo, or maybe you're already doing it You know, prior to this memo coming out, and this is just another justification that you can use to continue doing what you're doing. In those instances, if you are a part of a unit doing this or you've started something because of this memo, good on you, keep it up, keep going, that's awesome, like thank you. One of the hurdles that I think we will need to overcome is the fact that we already have priorities and mission demands that could make integrating this memo's expectations a reality, but it could make it a little difficult, but we can do it as long as we work together. There are gonna be people who think this is just a checkbox, but that's only gonna be true if we don't fully embrace as a unified team the message being given to us by our utmost leadership. Another question for some is how to implement the memo. And that's a fair question. You know, when so much time has been directed at achieving mission demands, limited resources, there's only so many hours in the day, how do we integrate this airman's time into an already very, very hectic, time sensitive, you know, lifestyle that we have? Um, I can only share my own experiences and successes, but I think I've done a decent job of doing this in my own uh, work environments and I've received pretty good feedback from teams that I've worked with and been lucky to be a part of. One of the expectations in the memo states creating a safe space and that is a crucial element. For communication to flow effectively, one has to feel that they are safe to speak their views, their opinions, ideas, and you do this in general day-to-day -day conversations by working at connecting with your people on a professional and personal level. When I was a flight chief, one thing I would do is rotate going out to lunch with the members of my team just to get to know them. You know, what were their goals, their dreams, their aspirations, their concerns, whatever they wanted to talk about. I intentionally did this and took them out of the work center, took them, you know, went out to lunch with them outside of work to get them out of the work environment and someplace neutral. This can work wonders and it allows people the time and space to really open up because you're getting away from the workspace to connect to them as a person. Admittedly, it, it took a couple of times to get people to open up because they needed to see I was genuine and I was not a threat. I needed to show that I was seriously interested in hearing them. Once I had proven myself, to them, you know, the flood doors open and I rarely had problems getting people to open up to me because they trusted me. I also acted on the feedback they gave me. Sometimes that meant making changes and sometimes it meant explaining why things were the way they were. You know, either way, it was a simple fact that I took the time for them that mattered and they knew it was just from simple interactions and giving my time to them. You know, that's just one method you can, you can use. I know leaders who build in downtime into their schedule. I had this one commander who at least once a week, without fail, logged off his, off his computer, go grab his superintendent, and he would go to every single section in his unit. Now, he may have been doing this as a commander, but more importantly, his people saw him doing it as a person. He didn't send an email. He didn't just talk to one person in the flight. He saw everyone. He was showing through his actions and time that his people mattered to him and that entire unit loved him. Like seriously, I think he's probably the most loved commander I've ever seen in my career because he was more than just a commander. He was a great leader and a great person. When I became a superintendent, I remembered that commander and I did the same thing and at least once a week would go down to the different sections that I was responsible for. For one thing, it allowed me to learn about all of the sections I was responsible for. 
It also allowed me to learn about my team, you know, the entire squadron. Again, I'm, I'm mental health by trade. I didn't know anything about, you know, the different four ends and, you know, the other medical sides because I didn't work there. But going around to those different sections, I got to learn about their job and I got to learn about, you know, the people. It took a bit of time for the squadron to open up to me, you know, just like my own flight. But eventually they did open up to me. Eventually I would be walking down halls and young airmen or civilians would stop me and ask with smiles, when would I be coming down, you know, this week? They didn't run from me. They didn't shy away from conversing with me. They saw me as a part of their team, not just some leader that only came down when convenient. Here's the thing. I'm not an overly sociable person. Like I, I very much like to stick to myself. I like my bubble. I like my comfort zone. And I'm not ashamed of that. That's I'm an introvert, strange as that may sound. I really am. But as a leader, it isn't about me. It's about the people that I serve. And they needed me to be more than a name in an office. They needed to know me as a person so they could get the support that they needed when they needed it. And that communication can only occur when you cultivate a relationship with your people. Admittedly, I do need to be social for my own well-being, so in trying to be helpful to them, I was also helping myself. I actually used to get made fun of a lot for this, but I frequently keep a sticky note on my computer that says, go check on X, with X being somebody that I work with. I do that because it is unbelievably easy for me to get drawn in by my work and forget everything else, but instead of going, well, that's how I am, deal with it, I put a sticky note reminder so that I have something to remind me that I need to stay connected with my team. I know that certain people I work with need that interpersonal time in order for them to work at their best and to know that they matter. I may not need that, but that's not the point. The point is it isn't about me. It's about them and what I can do to help them so that we can do more together. You know, getting the mission done is a big part of being the leader, but it's just one part. There's also proper care and utilization of your people. Just because you've been promoted to a certain rank does not mean you're a leader. You may be in the seat, but a leader is and always will be determined by the people that they lead. You know, this memo came out because of an avalanche of feedback from our Air Force community, and it is intended to help ensure that we are taking care of each other each and every day to help us all be the best that we can be, both prefer professionally and personally. Now, there has been some feedback online about the ambiguity of the memo, and that's that's fair. You know, However, the ambiguity of the expectations was intentional. It was so that leaders in different areas could find the best way to implement the memo with regards to their unique circumstances. This to me is a great part of the memo. Like while it may have confused and it's kind of holding some people back, to me, I think it's the best part of the memo. You know, it might be the most important part. We literally have a memo signed by the chief of staff and chief master sergeant of the Air Force telling us all to go, to act, to lead, to care. As leaders, we know our areas better than anyone else. So we should also know the best way to implement this letter rather than having like a step-by-step -step process or program levied on us that may be damaging in its implementation because it's too specific. If you're waiting for more guidance, guidance you know, I kind of ask you to consider something. As a leader, 
whether a frontline supervisor or even as a commander. Like, ask yourself how much better the mission could get done if we take the time to implement this memo's intent and your people have a chance to catch their breath, to speak, and more importantly, be heard, and to ultimately know that they matter and that you and your position of responsibility to them are going to make sure that they know they matter. Imagine what we could accomplish when people are, you know, they feel like they're cared for. Imagine the innovation we, we will achieve when people aren't burned out just trying to meet, you know, the status quo. And we, we offer that opportunity for them to truly voice their ideas, right? Like instead of just trying to make it through each day. Think about the talent we would be able to keep if we create environments where we truly value who we have and all the diverse creativity at our fingertips. You know, we truly have the ability and guidance now to act not only in the best interest of the Air Force, but also in the best interest of our people. You know, I believe that our legacy is in the people we lead today who will take over tomorrow. We owe it to ourselves as people with rank and authority to make change to help our people thrive. We owe it to those we lead to prove we are worthy of their followership. We owe it to those we work with, our team members, to support them, to be their strength when you know they can't or if they're burned out, to take care of each other instead of criticizing each other. Nobody is gonna be at 100% every single day, and that's okay. If I'm at 100% today and you're at 60% today, I got you because I know that when you're at 100% and I'm at 60%, you're going to be there for me. And that relationship comes as we cultivate it in day-to-day -day conversations and connect to each other beyond just as workers, but as team members. You know, nothing matters more than the people we have because we are all choosing to serve. We're a volunteer service. Whether you're active duty, guard, reserve, civilian, contractor, every single one of us matter. So thank you so much for all that each and every one of you do. And I challenge all of you to please go talk to your supervisor about this memo. You know, please make your voice, your concerns, your ideas heard. Let's use this opportunity to innovate and create a new, better future, not only for us serving today, but for those serving tomorrow and beyond. Let's all be part of the solution. If you are in a leadership role, Please talk to your people about this memo and listen to what they have to say. Start having the conversations at minimum and act on feedback you have or that you end up getting. You know, go to your commanders, bring it up at town halls, at commanders calls, at huddles, at staff meetings. We all need to play a part in making our culture the best it can be. Don't give up. There may be negative people who laugh at this memo or who don't want to see anything change, or maybe they honestly don't think anything needs to change. But guess what? Our senior leaders are setting this as a priority. Now it is up to us to make it happen. So let's get after it. You know, we got this. You know, if your base, your flight, whatever is already doing something with regards to this memo, or if you were basically engaging with this memo before it even came out and you've had successes, I would really love to hear about your stories or if you've had challenges and how you overcame them or if you ran into roadblocks, like what are you doing to get past them? Like all of that stuff, let's all work together. There are issues, there are always going to be issues, but what we have to do is acknowledge the issues exist. We've done that, we know that they exist. Then what we have to do is come up with ideas to fix those issues. 
And that can only come from having open, honest conversations. And that's where going back to the memo and the expectation of creating those safe spaces. And most importantly, I, I really think one of the most important parts of the memo is taking the time out of the mission to talk to our people, not shifting the mission left or right, not making it up on weekend duty, but drawing back just a little, it doesn't have to be a lot, but just enough to show and create the time, space, to put in the energy, to show our people that we really do care and that we are all invested in getting all of us to where we want to be, that, that ultimate vision. Ultimately, it does help the service. It helps the Air Force. It allows us to operate better. It lets us get the job done better, safer. It allows us to operate so much more effectively and efficiently. And that allows us to serve our community and ultimately protect you know, our great country even better. But we have to start by making sure that we are the best that we are so that we can all move together in the right fashion as a cohesive team. So again, would really love to hear the feedback. You can drop me a message on Twitter at C, on the letter C, underscore the, underscore bull, underscore ski. As always, thank you for listening. Good luck. Look forward to hearing from you, and I'll check you out next time.